Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success radio show 239, The Prince's Trust Million Makers. Today we're going to be talking about the Prince's Trust Million Makers program and how it links to engagement. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement and wellbeing consultant, also working as part of the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there's a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the top of the page to join our newsletter list. And please come and join us in our LinkedIn group. If you go to LinkedIn and just search for Engage for Success, we will appear. All our social media links are also at the top of our homepage. So my guests today, I have two guests, are Martin Dicker, who's Director of People and Learning at the Prince's Trust, and also a member of the Engage for Success Task Force, and Beth and Richmond, who's Corporate Responsibility and Sustainability Manager for Capgemini. So welcome, Martin, and welcome, Bethan. Thank you. Hello. Great to have you with us. So why don't you start, Martin, by telling us a bit about the Prince's Trust and, and what you do there as well? Absolutely. Yeah, very happy to. Thanks, Joe. Um, I mean, I'm sure um, listeners will know a fair amount about the trust, but I mean, ultimately, um, we exist to help young people get their lives uh, on track by developing the skills to live, to learn and to earn. And we've been doing that for 41 years um, and supported close to a million young people over that time. Um, but we're pretty ambitious. We've got some some really exciting um, plans for, for the period ahead. And actually, we're aiming to reach uh, a million young people um, and support them over the next 10 years. So actually, um, that's going to require quite different ways of working. And obviously, working with close partners like Capgemini is going to be really important to us um, to realize that growth. And I guess if there's anyone sort of listening and thinking, is there is there really a need and thinking about youth unemployment and thinking, OK, well, this is a bit strange. Is, is that need still as great as it was? Well, you know, I'm afraid to say it absolutely is. Um, we just launched only just a few weeks ago our, our youth index and um, some pretty sobering stats within that. A fifth of young people thinking that their lives will amount to nothing, um, no matter how hard they try. Um, we've got half of young people feeling that the economy is going to provide them fewer jobs and opportunities for their generation um, in the next three years. Um, and interestingly, almost three quarters of young people that are working think actually we're better and capable of getting a better job. So, you know, there's some pretty concerning and sobering stats there that, you know, make us realise that the work of the trust and, and partners that we have like Capgemini are going to be really important for, for the period ahead. That's really um, quite scary, isn't it? And it's interesting because there's, there's sometimes sort of... Um, you know, cynical comments about the youth of today and all that sort of thing. And uh, I have an experience of the Prince's Trust that I'd like to share with you. <laughs> oh. A very positive one. I went to a local uh, business exhibition in, in Kent where I live a, a couple of years ago and I was uh, going around interviewing people on the stalls with the microphone. So I was sort of um, doing a bit of a um, promotion of, of who was in the room. And uh, so these were all small business owners, you know, very experienced in lots of cases. And in most cases, I went to the stall, I said to them, you know, what are you doing? And they'd explain and, you know, do all that sort of stuff. And I'd say, and then I'd say, would you say this on the microphone? And they'd go, oh, no, no, no. So I'd have to sort of make up 
you know a version of what they just told me because they weren't willing to to share that you know more publicly uh and then i went to the prince's trust stand and there was a the whole a whole group of half a dozen people who had been um really well prepared to be there the guy that coordinates for for kent or at least that bit i, I gather is particularly good um from other feedback i've had and uh you know he'd prepared them to be there they were all there exhibiting there was a, i remember there was a girl who um uh, recycles wool and knits it into really lovely okay. um, clothing and so on. And I, I talked to all of them and I asked them what they did. I asked them if they were prepared to do it on the microphone and all of them did. And they were so well prepared and so slick and so professional. And I was just blown away because, you know, most of the people in the room who are far more experienced and a lot older were not prepared as you know half as well and we're not prepared to speak publicly to you know the whole room on the microphone so i've had such a really good experience of, of people who are getting that benefit from you oh well, i'm really wonderful to hear that and bring it bring it to life and i think you you see that and i say me throwing stats out there um to, to start the call and i know one of those as well was around sort of over half of the young people that were surveyed believing that the lack of self-confidence holds them back so it's great that you're meeting some young people there that have obviously been um, you know, been through our programs and been supported by the trust and obviously have, uh, have grown their confidence to, to do that. Because it's a pretty scary thing to suddenly have a mic thrown in your face <laughs> and say. <laughs> exactly, as the others uh, demonstrated. <laughs> Lovely. So, Bethan, tell us more about Cap Gemini and what, and what you do for them. Okay, so um, well, my specific role within the organisation is the, a UK community programme manager. Um, but as an organisation, we're a, a technology services business. We don't manufacture anything. We're all, we are a people-based business. And I think that's why we, we resonate so closely with the work of the trust. People matter is our motto. Um, we're very cognizant of skills and the need to upskill not only our own people, but um, the future workforce and make sure that obviously within today's digital era that um, we're matching the needs of those young people with the needs of business and I think that's where there's some real synergies between our two organizations we've actually been supporting the trust now since 1999 wow so getting on for a good 20 years um, we we relaunched uh, or, or got, in, got involved in million makers around about 2014 I think we, we quickly recognise that it's a, a fantastic programme, and I know we'll talk more about specifically about the Million Makers programme, but it's a fantastic programme within the Christmas Trust and the suite of, of initiatives that, that um, uh, you make available, where we can really engage people to not only benefit the young people that the Trust are trying to reach, but our own people as well. Mm. Lovely. So... On that note, Martin, tell, tell us a bit more about Million Makers, how, what it is, how it works, and, and then perhaps we can hear a bit more from Bethan about how, how it works within Capgemini. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a programme we've been running for about 10 years now, actually, and we've, um, I think we've engaged about 5,500 individuals um, and raised about £10 million for the trust. So it's been a really successful programme, and ultimately why it's called Million Makers. Collectively, we have a number of teams, and I'll tell you a bit more about that, that um, together look to raise a million pounds um, to transform the lives of disadvantaged young people um, around the country. And ultimately, I guess it's about, it's a sort of fundraising challenge. So it's getting a group of um, employees together from um, different companies. Um, and the aim of each one of those teams is to raise in excess of 10,000 pounds 
or more, of course, we'd be encouraging that, um, over a period of six months. Um, so ultimately, it's a, it's a really good sort of proven tool for uh, learning and development, building essential business skills. And we've, you know, we've just done some evaluation of it, and it's actually really positive, the, the, I guess, what people um, get from the program. We've had 93% um, last year said it helped them enable um, knowing more people within their company. Three quarters of them said it, it helped them to get to know their sort of community, their sort of um, corporate social responsibility and sustainability policy better. Um, three quarters saying it helps their personal development. Um, nine in ten were saying it helps them develop skills in a new safe environment. So again, you know, really positive. I suppose why I get excited is, um, you know, if I meet sort of Bethan and others that are involved in Million Makers is not only can I realise how that supports us raising essential funds, um, which of course is, is critical to our future and supporting young people, but actually it's a really exciting engagement tool because actually when I met with people and I went around and saw a couple of organisations and the teams that were involved, these were people that had gone into the business, they were suddenly presenting to chief execs, they were getting support from their board, they were learning new skills, and often actually people choose a skill they haven't developed in their day job. So somebody might say, well, I sit in marketing, but I'd love to be the treasurer so I could develop some, some more of those financial skills. So people are doing that. They get a real sense of actually the sort of integrity piece that um, actually this is an organization that cares. They're not just giving money to a charity, but actually getting really engaged in it. Um, and it does a, you know, some really great, exciting work developing funds for us, but actually for the teams doing some quite exciting um, roles, getting to know more people. Um, and a real sense of that their organisation is committed to um, supporting charitable work. Mm. So how does it actually work? Well, so what happens? So um, ultimately, I guess we encourage people, and that's the hope from this. We might there might be a few other organisations that that want to sign up. And of course, loads of information on our on our website on how organisations can sign up for Million Makers, or you can even just simply just email us Million Makers. Um, at princes-trust.org.uk and ultimately we, we get we help um, teams we've got lots of good resources to help teams come together so we recruit a team that's often between up to, uh, between about eight and twelve um, we then work together on launching on planning it on pitching it where they do dragon stand and I'm sure again Bethan can bring that to life even more and then we sort of support them through that process because they'll have lots of ideas but we'll provide them with a mentor and so on um, and it's obviously really important that they get senior level support within their organization as well and ultimately the teams will do different things and again Bethan can probably say about some of the some of the um, ideas that um, Capgemini have done but lots of different ways that they could be um, raising funds um, for the organization um, and ultimately we support them through that journey and obviously the hope is that they will be celebrating raising large amounts as a team and collectively the various teams involved in any one year of course we aim to hit that million pound mark hence the million makers term yeah and it, there's a um there's young people that that are involved isn't it there's a, a an age band to it no, there's not. No, we don't. So in that way, I mean, there is an age as, as far as the young people that the trust supports, but actually for organisations getting involved, no, there's a mix. And I've met certainly a mix of teams. Some link it into core development programmes, some link it into their graduate programmes, others link it into um, a talent management. So lots of different ways that um, organisations consider it. But no, we certainly don't. Um, we don't hold back if people want to put a team forward of whatever um, diverse background, then that's wonderful. Oh, okay, lovely. I think that's, 
that's one of the things I like about the program actually because it it allows the organization who are entering a team to really manage it how how they see fit how it works best for their organization yeah we're all different we all do things differently so for example within Capgemini um, previously we have concentrated on sort of graduate and apprentices and used it as a tool for development and linked it with as you say with talent programs this year we thought well, well let's try something slightly different maybe we're missing a trick here and um, to actually expand it to all grades and maybe we can mix the teams and then they can all learn from each other uh, and then we've continuously improved if you like and we go through a, a session of feedback and lessons learned and say okay well let's let's take all the good things from this year work out what didn't work so well take the recommendations forward and we'll change it again next year mm -hmm. so do, how many groups do you have involved usually i guess it's not just one given the size of your company <laughs> So, well, um, previously we had only, um, I say only, um, entered the one team and that's work enough. This year we decided that um, we do have, I think it's about seven and a half, eight thousand employees around the country. So what if, what if we entered some regional teams? Uh, and this, this goes to engagement again, I think. Sometimes things can be quite London-centric within Capgemini, so we've got um, lots of people all over the country. So we entered a Welsh team, uh, a North East Eastern team, a Midlands team, and then a London team this year. So four teams this year, which was quite a bit of work, but it, it's been fantastic. The level of feedback and engagement and positive comments that we've had. I've got some actually um, quotes from from this year's participants has, has been fantastic yes lovely so just talk us through how it's worked from your point of view then so that, that what the pr process looks like just thinking about organizations who who might be listening that might be interested in in getting involved so let's so let's you know play down the hard work bit <laughs> <laughs> well one of the things i will say in all honesty is that the the documentation body that the prince's trust have already put together is fantastic so one of the first things you'll say to our teams read the documentation because most of the information that you need to know is there it, it's all it's all ready for you it's all online it's all very accessible um, and each team will have a dedicated prince's trust mentor and contact that they'll work with so that contact is always there what we've then done as an organization is is recognize that actually having a group of people working on this project whatever it is they decide to do needs a little bit of internal support as well uh, to navigate those internal processes and I know we're not alone in this there are other, this is a bit of feedback that comes through from other organizations as well so we put together a supplemental documentation pack which doesn't regurgitate it just links to all of the Prince's Trust documents and then has some of our own what I did do this year as well is make sure that we had an awful lot more dedicated resources within specific areas of expertise uh, this is also based on experience and feedback that we had from previous years things like comms comms is huge when you're trying to put on events and make sure people come it's just it's common sense that you need a lot of marketing you need a lot of comms how do you then navigate the internal comms and marketing landscape you need an expert so that's just one example where we've we've put in then people to support the teams procurement might be another one project management um, risk and compliance is another one as well obviously we need to safeguard everybody when they whatever they're doing some of these events 
Um, so we, we have all sorts of experts on hand, giving of their own time in an awful lot of uh, examples, making it a one big team effort. Yeah. And the exciting thing there, Joe, is that obviously, you know, what what's really interesting is though obviously the trust will provide a lot of support and guidance and, and mentoring in that way, actually. But what's brilliant is that people get involved and have some really you know, some bold ideas. And of course, some people like to do, and it might be a black tie event, others might do, but people do really different types of activities. And that's also what's quite exciting as well. It engages people in, in very different types of roles and responsibilities and, and you know, gives them exposure and access to people throughout the organization. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in that way, I think it gives people, a, it's certainly quite different to the day job. Definitely, uh, but I think that's part of its appeal as well, that it is so completely different to the day job. And even within, the organisation. So we had four teams and they all did something very different. Mm. I mean, that was one of the things that we were slightly concerned about. What if they started stepping on each other's toes, um, trying to um, hit on the same sort of uh, giving pool and it just didn't happen. They all did very different things, uh, yeah. very interesting things. Some of them, you know, they went out and they did. You've got your sports days or your family days. You've got your quiz nights. Um, one of the teams actually, which I thought was genius, um, actually took the Million Makers principle and they pretty much outsourced their fundraising. So they, they, they took their seed funding. Yep. Then they, they created a little competition with universities, for example, which, which uh, I thought was a superb idea. Totally, totally pinched, totally cribbed, but <laughs> if it works. <laughs> so the, the universities did the fundraising and they just coordinated sort of thing? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. They did. They did quite a few of their of their own events as well, sort of smaller events to to boost that seed funding, to bolster yeah. it, so that they could then go on and do other things. Yeah. Um, but they recognised the they recognised a good model and they saw it. And <laughs> so, so just to to make that clear, when they um start the the process, they get some money, as you say, as seed funding. Yeah. So they're not so, starting from nothing. So this all kicks off um, recruitment around about um, the April, April, May, March, April, May time. Teams get together then in May and they start working on their business cases. They, they can't do any fundraising at this point. This is all about preparatory work. It's about what ideas they're going to have, build those teams, who's going to be the chairperson, who's going to be the secretary, you know, actually trying to build those teams together because they may never have worked together before. They may be from completely different areas of the business. They need to start building those relationships, put their business cases together, practice pitching for those business cases, and then they'll attend a Dragon's Den type event that the Prince's Trust organises. This is a, a really invaluable part of the programme. It, it's the first milestone, if you like. It's, it's very real. Not everybody gets that seed funding um, in the first go. So it, it's not it's not a... Yes, it's just a, a tick box exercise, not at all. You've got to work for it. Um, once that seed funding is then presented, the fundraising period runs from uh, July through to the end of December. So that six-month period that Martin mentioned earlier is the active fundraising period yeah. where the competition yeah. heats up. Lovely. So you said you've been involved for, for 10 years now, or not you personally, <laughs> Cap Gemini. Um, what sort of impact has it has it had have you got some um examples of people who've, who've sort of gone on to do bigger and better things as a result of being involved or, or stuff that's happened within the organization that you can sort of directly link back to that opportunity so 
Well, what I, what I can give you um, directly, actually, uh, are some of the comments that we've had um, from these young people that have taken part. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fair to say that quite a few of them didn't know what they were letting themselves in for <laughs> at the beginning. Um, but but they've, um, they've all, we really encourage them to reflect on what they've learnt and, and how they can then take it forward in their day jobs. So we've had comments like, so this one, this is actually Kirsty as part of our Welsh team. She said that the Million Makers Project has helped her to grow in so many ways. It's given her confidence to speak up more. It's given her great opportunities to network with more senior members of staff. And that running larger events has also allowed her to improve organisational skills and to handle working better under pressure. Mm -hmm. so that's just one example we've had then. It's a great development opportunity, expanded knowledge, skill set, gained exposure across the company. Uh, additionally, the competition allowed uh, me to engage in exciting and interesting activities with a high level of responsibility that I wouldn't otherwise have been able to do within my current client-facing role. That was that was Anna from our London team. That's particularly something that I love from this. It's, it's if you think of training courses that you need to send young people on in order to gain exposure to some of these skills, they'd be they wouldn't just be one they'd be a whole number of training courses and how long does that take yeah whereas million makers is exposing people to so many different skills within a six-month period of time in, in quite an intense environment um that's i think where we've where we've grown people and where we've allowed them to go on uh, and quite a few of them have actually changed their role afterwards they've been exposed to people that they hadn't worked with previously participants and then gone on the wider network and, and um, more senior people that they've been exposed to yeah they've it's allowed to have conversations it's that sort of organic growth mm. where they've they've met you know they haven't necessarily thought well I'd actually quite like a role in consulting but I'm not in consulting at the moment I'm in our application service H how do I go about that they don't have those networks before and maybe through million makers they have developed them that's where I think this is a superb opportunity as well. So it, it, there's just so many different facets of personal development that people go through. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real sort of win-win-win, isn't it, in the fact that Princess Trust obviously benefit massively through the, the funding and, and the opportunity to get in, get people involved with the, the charity. And as you say, within the organisation, so much – I guess it's action learning, isn't it, really learning happening uh, as they as they go through. and. And of course, the other thing, and the, the the sort of part of the reason for being on the show is is the the link to engaging the people within the organisation. So, um, you know, we we said we talk a bit about how it's helped engagement within Cap Gemini. Uh, you know, we're on the show. We talk quite a lot about the engage success for enablers around having a, a st strong strategic narrative, having engaging managers, enabling employee voice, and then the organisational integrity piece where, you know, there's no sort of say-do gap that we don't say we're all, you know, doing all these wonderful things that actually the reality is completely different. So how, how do you think this programme helps for um, helps you to improve engagement within the organisation, Bethan? Well, one, it's given a very tangible output. So it's it's something that people can get involved in. Sometimes it's difficult, I think, to find suitable volunteering opportunities. Some of them can be quite ad hoc. Um, I think within an organisation such as Cap Gemini, you know, we, like I said, people matter is is our motto, and we we are genuinely interested in in skilling people. Painting fences absolutely has its place. You know, there are organisations that desperately need help with. 
um, lots of different types of volunteering where I think we can make a bigger impact within Capgemini is using the expertise of people that we have. And I think Million Makers is a brilliant way not only to use that expertise, but to develop it as well. Mm. So in terms of, of the enablers it, it's, and the engagement piece, this year more than ever with the four teams, I, I can see where it's hit actually all four of them. I can see where strong leadership comes in the teams wouldn't have had the success that they've had without strong executive mentorship support in place across the four regions that we had. It has allowed then further engagement. So we, uh, participant wise, we had about 40 people participating across the team. Yeah. But over a hundred additional people helping to mentor, helping to helping to support the events, sort of those, those manager and leader um, sponsors, if you like, paving the way for them. It has given employees a voice. Like I said, it's that safe environment. It's it's a real tangible project that they can get their teeth stuck into, can learn the Capgemini landscape and, and manage it how they'd manage any other project, but potentially in a in a much safer environment mm. where they're actually encouraged, mm. you know, fail and fail quickly, but learn from it and then try something else. Yeah. Um which which then all does go to you know living our values we do mm. want people to get involved in the community we do want people to give back um as as our graduate stream has a a, a particular initiative called giving back mm. so martin I, I don't imagine when this was first created it, it was intended to help organizations engage their employees per, per se but um obviously you will have seen that in in your um, sort of observation of that. What, what sort of thoughts do you have a, around the the program helping organisations with their engagement? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess the sense when it was launched, we probably, you know, obviously the thoughts that would have been quite um, groundbreaking at that point, say 10 years ago, there's probably other, others that are now looking to this model and thinking it's an exciting one to do. But I think you're right, actually, it was about engaging the close relationships we have with our partners already. Um, in a different way, but actually engaging their employees, because otherwise sometimes it's it's sort of you're talking to a more select few that might say it could be the charity of the year or we provide some support in other ways. But actually this is um, engaging throughout the organization, at diff you know, different levels and, and in a much more um, concerted way. And I think Bethan brings it to life. I know I've got friends that, you know, good jobs and work in a consultancy. They say they're off for a, a day of employee volunteering and then you find out that they've been like you say, painting um, a care home. And you just think, wow, you're an experienced consultant. You could do something really more than that. Surely you could be giving them advice on something or, or helping drive forward or maybe doing fundraising efforts. And actually, obviously, the hope from this is, I guess, as a way of sort of employing volunteering, is it really links um, to making a really big difference um, for the trust in generating funds um, that obviously we can use to support more young people. But I do you know, genuinely see it, and that's why I suppose I get excited by it, not just because I can see the benefit it brings to the trust, but actually as someone that's heavily involved in Gage for Success, I can see how this really aligns with the enablers, and particularly the integrity piece. I think all of them, I can see, see that actually this does not work unless you get the strong uh, strategic sort of support at, at the very beginning and having your managers engaged, but actually the bit about organizational integrity. So you know, sort of living rather than laminating your values um, is the important point. Yeah, people are out there. People, this is this is important to an organisation. Let's commit to this. And it gets people much more engaged in that. So in that way, I think it's, it really is a win-win. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's the bit that I, I find quite exciting about it is, is, as you say, the, the fact that it, it covers so many aspects. And, and as Bethan said, the, the whole development opportunity for organisations who are perhaps less uh, focused on engagement or less focused on volunteering to actually see the the added benefit of, well, fundamental benefit of, of the development of people within this project. You can see, you know, that all types of organisations, regardless of their uh, sort of intention in the first place, you know, could could benefit from this around the, the development it, piece. But obviously then it has those knock-on effects within the organisation as well as for you in the Prince's Trust. And it's not just one set of skills either. When I when I sat down and I tried to think, you know, what, what, were, what are you going to get out of it? Why would somebody want to be on a Million Makers team? Um, and why do I think actually it, it's superb for more junior talent as well? So I thought about it from personal development skills, sort of project roles, and then thinking about those soft skills. So from a project role point of view, you've got project management, you've got the skills and issues management, you've got supply chain management, procurement, finance, stakeholder management, marketing and comms. It really does cover the whole spectrum. But then thinking about these soft skills, I actually don't think there's anything soft about them. Resilience is top of my list. Yeah. <laughs> it never goes right so you've really got to dig in and it's hard work it's an extracurricular activity it's hard work empathy listening ability to adapt change working under pressure time management innovation creativity you know all of these buzzwords that are out there today this is actually a real a real way of implementing those of actually giving it a go um, experiencing different ways of working, working with people you've never worked with before, and building those teams. We've had such a lot of feedback about, I've, you know, I've never just been thrown in with a, a group of people for so long and expected to get on and work together and actually create some, something really tangible at the end of it. Mm. And that then ability to network with senior colleagues as well, yeah. that they just wouldn't have had exposure to potentially otherwise. Mm-hmm. Lovely. We're just coming into the last couple of minutes of the show. Where, where now, Batham, for Cap Gemini and, and the Million Makers program? Uh, more groups? <laughs> uh, I, yes, yes. Um, I absolutely hope so. So um, we've just obviously finished this year's. We're looking at those lessons learnt. So we've just all in a period of reflection, uh, and are just about to put together a bit of a working party to come up with a set of recommendations for this year but we absolutely want to want to carry on and and uh, participate again next year um lovely. excited to do so brilliant lovely thank you so much both of you thank That's you and just to let you know next week joe moffat will be back and she'll be talking with rob baker about job crafting which sounds very intriguing so uh we look forward to uh, speaking to you again next week engage for success radio Raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.